Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined alongside the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, final show of the week, and that means keys to victory for the Green Bay Packers. They will face the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, noon central time kickoff at Lambeau Field. Where do you want to start with this one as far as what it will take for Green Bay to get back in the win column? Again, I preface this by saying I probably could start this way for every single episode <laughs> every year, or every you know every week, every game, but it's Aaron Rodgers. And this week I think we got a new angle to this storyline in that he was able to practice on Thursday yeah. for the first time since he suffered that knee injury against Chicago. He's out there in pads. We joked about it, wrote about it on Packers.com. Tim Boyle, Deshaun Kaiser, giving him the sort of this wry ovation, which then <laughs> Rodgers played into as he came out on the practice field. And the big part of this is Rodgers talked a day before that. Now, he did not really say, he didn't really hint that Thursday was going to be the day, but he did say at some point he hoped to be able to practice before Saturday. It ended up being this week, and one, I think that shows progress with the knee injuries he's coming back from, but secondly, this is just as far as a communication standpoint, a chemistry standpoint with his receivers. Mike McCarthy also doubled down on it on Monday or on Friday morning, saying, you know, this is something where there's an obvious benefit to being able to have the quarterback that's going under center on Sunday being the one that's taking the reps in practice. Sure. Because it isn't so much about Aaron Rodgers at this point. It's about the offense around Aaron Rodgers. We know what he can do on short to no practice, but it's about all the other components around it. So I think Aaron Rodgers getting healthier, being able to be out there on the practice field is going to go uh, and, and really help this offense get to where it wants to be. Because at the end of the day, Mike, it's all about protecting the football. Rodgers, 116 passes thrown, I believe, this year, does not have an interception yet. Really been consistent in that, and hopefully can you know get some of that explosiveness back now as well. Yeah, as we've talked about all week, all you have to do is turn on the first quarter of Buffalo, Minnesota last week, yeah. and it will tell you that the key on Sunday for the Packers is to protect the football because the way the Bills got after Kirk Cousins, they got sacks, they got turnovers. It staked him to an early lead with great field position that they cashed in on. Packers have to protect the ball. Overall, the Packers usually very, very good at that. And this is one of those games, Wes, that, you know, with the Packers playing at home, Rodgers getting back in practice, like you said, some things are on the upswing here, even though I know the Packers are coming off a loss. This isn't one of those games, as much as the defense obviously would love to get some turnovers and, and rack up a few of their own, this isn't one of those games necessarily where you have to ask the defense to get a bunch of turnovers, but the Packers just can't lose the turnover battle here. I think if this, if the Packers either win the turnover battle or at least stay even if, it, even if it's 0-0 when both teams protect the ball, I like Green Bay's chances here because with the, the matchups that Rodgers is going to have, I think Devontae Adams, Tredavious White is a really, really good matchup on the perimeter. But the rest of Green Bay's matchups now, Randall Cobb, he is on the injury report. We'll see what happens there. But, right. you know, Jimmy Graham, Geronimo Allison, they're, what they're capable of producing, I like the Packers' matchups on the perimeter in this game if Rodgers is protected, which also goes along, obviously, with protecting the ball. Yeah, and then there was also an interesting stat. I believe I'm trying to find it here. I think it was our, you know, PR communications guru, uh, Nate Lacasio dug this one up, and I'm probably going to mess it up now because I can't find it in the dope sheet. But I think it was something like the last six meetings, I believe it was, with the Bills have all been decided by 10 or more points. I mean, it's been one team coming out and really, you know, 
I don't want to say dominating, but controlling the tempo of the game. The Bills were fortunate enough to do that, you know, at Ralph Wilson Stadium four years ago. Yeah. Packers are looking to flip that. And when you look at those offensive weapons, when you look at Geronimo Allison, how consistent he's been over the last couple weeks, assuming everything checks out okay with Graham and his knee and Cobb with his hamstring, yeah, the big money matchup is going to be Devontae Adams and White. But it's all about being able to spread it across. They have two exceptional safeties in Poirier and then obviously, you know, Micah Hyde, everybody knows well about. Sure. But to be able to prevent them from getting into cover two looks, you know, making those guys drop down in the box, find ways to beat the secondary. The more mobile Aaron Rodgers gets, the more dangerous this offense gets. But he's also shown when he needs to be quick and decisive, he can play that game too. I just look at it from the standpoint of assuming you get Brian Balaga out there working through the back injury, you have some semblance of a healthy offense operating with its full arsenal of weapons. The the table's set there for the Packers to have success if the defense can do its job. Yeah, I think so too. Another statistical uh, oddity, you might say, with regards to this Buffalo-Green Bay series, I believe you have to go back to 1991 for the last time the road team won when these two teams have met, and that was actually Buffalo going into Milwaukee County Stadium. (laughs) And I looked it up this week, the leading receiver in that game for the Buffalo Bills. Jeff Query. No, oh, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Was it James Lofton? It was James Lofton, the former Packer James Lofton, came back to County Stadium, torched the Packers, and the Bills won that game, I believe it was 34-24, something like that. It was a fun box score to kind of look back at this week. But you mentioned, Wes, the Packers' defense has to hold up its end of the bargain here, and... I've talked about this a little bit on our final thoughts video and and other things that are going to be posted here coming up on the weekend. It's time for the Packers defense to play a complete game. We've seen some growing pains. We've seen some struggles here and there. We've also seen what this defense is capable of. You look at some of those stretches in the Chicago game. You look at the first three quarters against the Minnesota Vikings. You look at the second half against Washington last week. There are stretches where this defense has really clamped down and done exactly what you would like it to do. Now, okay, it's week four. It's time for those growing pains to kind of, uh, you know, be put in the past and to put together a solid four-quarter game that the coaching staff that Aaron Rodgers can rely on to give this team its best chance to win. Yeah, as Mike McCarthy mentioned this week, after you get through that first quarter of the season is kind of when it starts to be you are who you are. Yeah. So the Packers are trying to show that they are that team that played as well as they did in the first three quarters uh, of that matchup against the Vikings, how well they played in the second half against the Bears, and then how well they played in the second half in Washington. It is about stitching together a complete performance. I understand it's easier said than done, But at the same time, if you're able to control the tempo early on and force the opposing offense to make decisions and, and, you know, kind of control it from that standpoint, that's ultimately what you're looking to do. Obviously, they had to overcome some adversity with the Vikings, but to be honest with you, up until that point, I thought that was a blueprint for how you want to attack a potentially explosive offense with a quarterback that, you know, I think a lot of people in Minnesota have their hopes kind of tied to at this point. Absolutely. Last week, Alex Smith throws for six pass, six receiving yards in the second half. So Josh Allen is a, is a dynamic football player, and we've seen that he's not afraid to run. He's, he isn't a scrambler by any means, but he has that component to his game uh, to, to be able to move the chains. So being able to cue in on that and being able to actually you know make sure you're not giving up those explosive plays is going to be important because there is dynamic football players in this offense. I just think... Uh, it's probably not what it's been the last you know, few weeks in terms of the potentially explosive 
Pro Bowl type elements that they've seen in Washington and Minnesota. Yeah, with regards to Buffalo's offense and quarterback Josh Allen, the Packers, I know Packers fans are are waiting, hoping for the pass rush to kind of find its groove and start racking up some sacks. And obviously without the roughing the passer penalties, we don't need to get into that. But honestly, Wes, this is one of those games where I don't think you need to sack the quarterback. I don't know if you necessarily want to go yeah. you want to go blitz crazy and and try to go sack crazy in this game cuz Josh Allen he he's leading this team in rushing. He will take off and run with the football. This is in my opinion because he's a rookie, he's only got a couple of starts under his belt. You rush to contain him. You don't don't let him bail himself out with his legs. Make this guy beat you with his arm. Make him beat you with decisions against you know, some different coverage looks and some things that I'm sure Mike Pettin has designed to confuse him. You get into those, if you get him in a second and long or a third and long situation, don't let him tuck the ball and run. Make him, you know, contain him in the pocket, make him throw the ball and beat you that way. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see how much of the spy element is in play uh, with this game. Because to be honest with you, Mike, the first three contests, Alex Smith, don't get me wrong, he's in some ways, as, as Jay Gruden said last week, he has that similar sort of mindset and mentality that Rodgers has where he'll scramble when he needs to to extend a play. But they haven't really faced like a guy that, that potentially is putting up the numbers that Allen is. Right now it's 22 carries for 97 yards and two touchdowns. So it is going to be interesting, you know, how the Packers want to attack that. Is that where, you know, a guy like Blake Martinez gets called into duty? Do they find a defensive back that they feel could potentially have that kind of flexibility as well? Or do you just try to rush to contain – you know, keep them in the pocket and see what develops. Those are all the the little chess games that, that sure. Mike Pettin's going to have to play. But I think the hope is, from the Packers' perspective, even though you do lose Muhammad Wilkerson now, and, and certainly, you know, Devon House is on IR, Kevin King, you'll see whether or not he's available on Sunday. But they still feel really good about the group they have and, and these these playmaking abilities that they have in this this defense. But it, it really it does. They need to. They know they need to play better, and they know they got to you know put it on the field. Yeah, just statistically speaking, I did look up some numbers this week as far as the Packers facing rookie quarterbacks in the Mike McCarthy era, and it's a good time to talk about it because the Packers are potentially going to see Josh Rosen from Arizona, yeah. Sam Darnold from the New York Jets, who are both on the schedule in December if those rookies continue to be the starting quarterbacks of those teams. Since McCarthy took over in 2006, the Packers have played 15 games against a rookie starting quarterback, and the Packers are 10-5 and in those games. They've won two-thirds of them. Ironically, the last one, the most recent one, was against Deshaun Kaiser, who's yeah. now in the Packers locker room when he was a rookie for the Cleveland Browns last year. But it, it's been kind of a mixed bag because for – some of those some of those games, when I look back at the statistics in the past, I think it was Matthew Stafford, his rookie year in 2009, threw, I think it was four interceptions against the Packers in the one game that he started against Green Bay as a rookie. But then just a couple years ago, we saw Dak Prescott as a rookie quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys come into Lambeau Field, put up a sparkling passer rating of like 117, obviously had a great running game to go with it. And the Cowboys came in here with uh, – those rookies on offense and beat the Packers. So it has been kind of a mixed bag, but overall 10 and five Packers are going to face potentially three rookie quarterbacks now over the next uh, few months. And uh, you know, these, these are games you, 
you got to get the job done. Yeah, and this will be actually a good opportunity for if you want to look at it from the Bills' perspective for Josh Allen because it looks like Shady McCoy is going to play in this game. So that that by far, that's your top playmaker if you're the Bills and the offense, both as a pass catcher and what he does out of the backfield. So that'll be his best friend. How did how did he get that nickname, by the way, LaShawn McCoy Shady? Like, I don't, I, I think uh, it's a cool name. Yeah. I just don't know where it came from. I don't know. Is that, is that an old Western reference or yeah, something? Yeah, maybe. I'm I don't not know. sure. Anyway. I didn't follow the Philadelphia Eagles enough, I guess. But be that as it may, Mike, okay. uh, it is also interesting to me in that you have all these teams that said and did all the right things. The Jets, they had Josh McCown. They went and obviously uh, signed Teddy Bridgewater. These guys uh, originally brought in uh, A.J. McCarron. You had uh, the the Browns just continue to stick by Terod Taylor. But at the end of the day, I think with the pressures of the NFL and the way that things happen, and, and injuries too sometimes play into it, the rookies end up being out there. And I, I just I don't think we're ever going to see quite a day again like Aaron Rodgers or Tony Romo sitting behind guys for three years and then becoming starters. It just seems like there's going to be that pressure to get guys on the field, get them out there early, and see how they respond. And you have mm-hmm. a guy like Baker Mayfield that really stepped up in his game. You had a guy like Sam Darnold that didn't play too hot during the final stretch a week ago either. So seeing where Josh Allen fits into this, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where he is today and where that maturation process will take him. Right, and the other part of it too, as we're seeing what, what really is becoming the trend around the league, and it was on display in Thursday Night Football with the Los Angeles Rams against the Vikings, and we'll get to that in a minute. But when you talk about playing these high draft pick rookie quarterbacks right away, the formula, the way things have, the way these teams have built themselves to compete for championships with the likes of the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers of the world, you find out if that rookie quarterback's got it. And then if he does, you know you're not paying him the big franchise quarterback money for a few years until he gets to that second contract. So you have a chance to build a team around him and spend your money elsewhere, not quite so much at the quarterback position. And, boy, is that working out for the Los Angeles Rams right now. We can talk about that Thursday night game. Jared Goff, what was it, 465 yards, five touchdowns, a perfect passer rating, right, 158.3 Against a defense that's not too shabby in the Minnesota Vikings, I know that you know Everson Griffin's not on the field right now and some other injury issues in Minnesota, but still, no, still wild. Three, three receivers with over 100 yards in one game. Um, this uh, this Los Angeles Rams team, you know, they're they're uh, they're off to a four and zero start at the quarter pole, undefeated. They really are announcing themselves right now as the team to beat in the NFC. And it's interesting you bring that up too, Mike, because for me, there's two types of rookie quarterbacks. There's the ones like you know a guy like Carson Wentz who comes in and plays really well, makes a pro bowl in his first year. There's a guy like Jared Goff that had his share of struggles. Yep. And there was some real questions about, you know, was this guy, when, when Wentz is playing that well, people asking it was Goff the right guy to pick number one overall that right, year. Right. It, but they can go two directions. You saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers. played, waited a couple of years, played well. Alex Smith had some horrific seasons <laughs> at the beginning. Things did not go well. Missed a whole well. year, I think with yep. injury at one point. But Goff is showing the potential there, and Sean McVay has been able to really develop a system and a scheme that seems to really tailor him. Mike, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think we'd ever see a day where Mike Zimmer's defense would have 26 completions, only seven incompletions, 465 yards, and five touchdowns for a 158.3 passer rating. And one sack. And one sack. So that is is startling numbers with or without uh, Everson Griffin. So... Uh, the, the, it's a gut check right now for the Vikings because they have a lot invested into this season in particular. And they're going to have to bounce back. It's a tough start to be 1-2-1 one, one at this point of the year. Yeah, and that's a, obviously a big result as far as the NFC North goes. The, 
Minnesota Vikings 1-2-1. and The Packers with a chance to get to 2-1-1. One and one. and uh, the Chicago Bears hosting a team with a pretty explosive offense yeah. so far this season in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That game in Chicago at Soldier Field, Tampa Bay-Chicago, not one that at the beginning of the season a whole bunch of people would have circled as a, as a big matchup in week four, but it's turning into what's going to be a, a game with a lot of eyes on it. So who's starting that game for the Bucks? Do you know yet? Is it even out there? I believe they're staying with Fitzpatrick, okay. but, uh, but I, I guess I haven't heard. I, haven't, I certainly haven't heard anything yeah. that they're switching to Winston at this that, point. That's the, that's the two-headed coin of this when you're, uh, when, when you're a coach and you have to go with a veteran backup like that who plays well and then the, the original starter comes back. Uh, it, it's going to be, yeah, there, there's still some debate over there what's going to happen, uh, but the Bucks are off to a, a great start. I know they did lose to Pittsburgh, but they played them tough. Right, and I and I know Fitzpatrick had a rough first half in that game, but you look at what he's done. Oh, over he's the, the gunslinger. You now. you look at what he's yeah. done over the first three weeks of the season. I just don't, I don't see how you could pull him out right now. I say I say you keep rolling with him with those weapons, Mike Evans and those guys that he's got in that offense. If if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm not turning it over, turning it back over to Jameis Winston right now. For my money, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, this guy would have been perfect. In nine in the nineties, if he would have been able to get out in the league then, uh, because he is he he to me he's the biggest gunslinger right now in the NFL. He has that Brett Favre mentality. He's going to yep. challenge downfield. He's going to have a short memory. Unfortunately, there's going to be some takeaways there. There's going to be some turnovers, and ultimately, that's all what kind of cost him the job and with the Jets and with the Bills. But he really knows how to to get this offense clicking and moving, and it's the exact type of player I'm sure the Bucks wanted to have. For Dirk Cutter, this is a big year, man. They got to make progress. They yeah. got to push for a playoff spot no doubt. in a really competitive division. Uh, but yeah, getting back to your original point for the for the Bears, this will not be a walk in the park. And for the Packers, even though I think everybody projected that the Vikings were going to be the team you're going to be chasing, the league switches fast. You have ebbs and flows every single week. Right now, the Packers need to get a win to get back up there with Chicago. Yeah, well, and the bottom line is, if you're looking at it from the best-case scenario for the Packers, you win at home against Buffalo. If Fitzmagic does his thing at Soldier Field, you're at the quarter pole in first place in the NFC North at 2-1-1. There, there, there would be worse places to be. Yeah, and I think we've already seen. You talked about the parody last week, Mike. The, it's just it's such it's so week to week at yeah, this point, and absolutely. it always is. Every yeah. year we're talking about, you know, oh, you know, you're gonna, look, you got the you got the Dolphins playing the Patriots. The Dolphins are three and zero. New England's one and two. Can you imagine? I mean, can you if Miami wins that game and goes to four and zero and is three games ahead of the Patriots in the AFC East at the quarter pole? Yeah. That would be. I mean, it would be unheard of. But yet, it's entirely possible the way things are going right now. And it's parody. It's the way they want it, and it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. From the Packers' perspective, you got to take care of business. You have them back at Lambeau Field. You have a chance to get that bad taste out of your mouth from Washington and what happened late in that game against Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's getting healthier. There's a lot of things going on going into this football game, but I think for the Packers, this is an excellent opportunity to really churn the tide and, and you know get some momentum built up now going to that second quarter of the season. Yeah, that's a good way to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and of Sunday's game from Lambeau Field on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.